0: We have to go back! Hello everyone and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are reviewing the 1999 western
1: known as "Wow, Wow, West. It's so wild, they had to say it twice. Wild squared West. Uh,
0: if it were to be made today, that would be
1: <laughs> the title. Or no, it'd
0: be W three. That's what we'd be called.
1: The first movie would be W three, and people wouldn't go because they'd be like, "Why well, didn't see W one or 2 <laughs> This is another edition of the podcast where Grace and I are reviewing a
0: movie we have never seen. 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 The slip through the cracks. Will Smith is one of my favorite humans on Earth. He was one of my favorite rappers growing up and wild wild west was one of my all-time favorite songs i still haven't committed to memory i would sing it all for you right now but then will smith would own this podcast which i would have no problem with
1: that's so weird because kevin klein was one of my favorite rappers and i also <laughs> didn't see this movie
0: it was meant to be it was meant to be Uh, So in case you forgot what Wild Wild West was about, here's a little brief synopsis. When President Ulysses S. Grant learns that diabolical inventor Dr. Loveless is planning to assassinate him, he orders Civil War hero James West and U.S. Marshal Artemis Gordon to arrest him. Wes' trigger-happy personality doesn't always mesh well with that of the thoughtful Gordon, but they manage to work together. And with the help of a mysterious stranger, played by Selma Hayek, uh, Wes and Gordon close in on Loveless. So this movie came out in June of 1999. So this was the first movie in Will Smith's career to kind of break his like box office streak i mean he was in independence day did stupidly well in the box office uh he did men in black did crazy well in the box office he even did uh bad boys uh with michael bay crazy well in the box office uh and then wild wild west came out and it did it did okay like so it made its money back uh it had a budget of a 170 million dollars and box office was worldwide $222 million. Uh, domestic was about $140 million. So domestically, they didn't make the money back. But, sorry, $113 million. Way off. <laughs> um, but uh, there are rumors uh, that the movie only earned the money it earned. Because a joke on like a lot of late-night talk shows were that um, unaccompanied minors would buy tickets to wild wild west and then sneak in to go see south park bigger longer and uncut or american pie which came out the same year
1: it'd be weird if they didn't come out the same year because that (laughs) tickets are expensive (laughs) they held on to the stuff one
0: ticket to wild wild west please for this movie i want to see in two years (laughs) so this movie uh has a real interesting history and uh it dates back way before Will Smith was even considered doo-doo, 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 to, doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. Doo-doo. to land
1: of television so.
0: yes so wild wild west is based off of the uh 1960s uh tv show of the same name and it was meant to be a a western and they succeeded, uh, but it was like uh, James Bond meets the Old West, and so it's supposed to be like, what if the what if they had like a spy with lots of old timey gadgets in the West? And uh, it went on for four seasons. Um, and originally, the movie was set to be directed uh, by Richard Donner, who uh, directed several episodes of the original series uh, way back in 1992. And it was going to be, the original script is just going to be a regular, just almost like, hey, we're just going to make this movie based off the TV show. And Mel Gibson was originally going to be uh, Mr. Jim West. But through, you know, studio things, uh, Richard Donner and Mel Gibson ended up making a different uh, movie set in the Western time period known as Maverick. Hmm. Um, And
1: then... Tom Cruise was attached to the project as playing Mr. Jim West. Oh, so he got the gadgets part of it because he went and did uh, Mission Impossible instead. Exactly. let I see. Uh, And so then, um,
0: during this time, um, we need to cut to a meanwhile. Meanwhile! (laughs) John Peters is set to produce... Uh, The next big Superman film. This was going to be the fifth Superman film um, that ultimately became Superman Returns. Which is
1: interesting because
0: Richard Donner did the original ones. Exactly. Um, And John Peters, uh, he also produced the uh, 1989 Batman as well as the uh, sequel Batman Returns. So, you know, John Peters, he knows movies. Uh, And so, John Peters... Uh, He has the opportunity to produce the fifth Superman film. Um, And through Studio Talks, Kevin Smith uh, was brought on to write and direct the film. And so, John Peters was talking to Kevin Smith and he said, listen, I have three demands. All right. Number one, Superman, he doesn't wear the suit. Number two, Superman, he doesn't fly. Number three, in the third act, he has to fight a giant spider.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh,
0: And if you're familiar with this story then you know that it's just an amazing full on story being told by Kevin Smith. If you are not familiar, we will leave a link uh, in the show notes or you can follow us on Twitter and we will leave you a link there it's unbelievable. because it's a, such a fantastic story. Uh, but ultimately, so after Tim Burton came on board, Smith's uh, Kevin Smith's uh, script was thrown out um, and at, and due to further complications, that movie never got made.
1: Nick Cage was supposed to be Superman, right?
0: Yeah, Nick Cage. Oh, goodness. So, a year later, in 1999, um, Kevin Smith ends up going to see a movie produced by John Peters. And he's like, wow, this movie is not great. And then in the third act, lo and behold, a
1: giant spider. That son of a gun did it. (laughs) He got all three things No Superman wearing a cape, no Superman flying and a giant spider.
0: Uh and so that is how uh we we wanted to definitely bring that piece in especially with how well known that story is. In fact, it even became a kickstarted documentary uh of like that whole story like Superman lives um with and it was produced by Kevin Smith and a whole bunch of Kickstarter backers. So, definitely wanted to add that to it. Um So, that's some history of the film. The movie came out, uh, like we said, not with a ton of uh, love and response. In fact, uh, Will Smith uh, apologized for Wild Wild West many years later. He was quoted saying, I had so much success that I started to taste global blood, and my focus shifted from my artistry to winning. Uh, I wanted to win and be the biggest movie star ever, and what happened was there was a lag around wild, wild Wild West time. I found myself promoting something because I wanted to win versus promoting something because I believed in it. Smoke and mirrors in marketing and sales is over. People are going to know really quickly and globally whether a product keeps its promises. So true. I consider myself a marketer. My career has been strictly being able to sell my products globally, and it's now in the hands of fans. I have to be in tune with their needs and not trick them into going to
1: see Wild Wild West. Ricky, when we started this podcast, we said, we're going to keep it positive. Every movie is a miracle. We're going to find the silver lining. And I still believe that. You also know how dear to my heart many of his films are. And the directors that put them on. So when I hear a quote like that, I just have to think, but what about After Earth?
0: (laughs) No apologies. No regrets. Uh, I really do think, like, for me, this movie had one of the best song tie-ins any movie has ever done, in my opinion. Uh, The Wild Wild West music video is a seven-minute epic where, arguably, I think they tell, like, a tighter story than they do in the movie. But, uh, basically, uh, Will Smith and Selma Hayek kicking it in the West like you do. She gets kidnapped by Loveless and then music starts and then it narrates how, like, Will Smith, like, goes to the rescue and dances his way through all these traps and saves her at the end of the day. It was kind of like, and, uh, and Selma Hayek is quoted saying that it's almost like um a post credit like,
1: story that happened after the movie. That's cool. Cool. yeah does it ignore the fact that she's married to Professor McGuffin? <laughs> yes, ignores it one thousand
0: percent. Oh, man. Uh, But yeah, before we get into our reactions, do want to give you guys a few more fun facts. One of the fun facts that I thought was amazing, I own this movie on DVD, brag. Um, So it's complete with special features, including a DVD CD-ROM that I cannot access. So uh, originally, they wanted to build a life-size 80-foot tarantula because (laughs) when John Peters gets an idea... He gets an idea, uh, but after building just one leg, which weighed 10,000 pounds, uh, they said, no, nah, this is good. And I know what a lot of you guys are thinking. It's the same thing I was thinking when I was watching the movie. The dome of the Capitol building was completed in 1966, but the movie takes place in 1969. Guys, it's super simple. It's just to keep your history tight. But maybe we'll go over that in some headcanon later on. And also, I know you guys are also thinking, like, um when Will Smith and Drag said this Brazier is killing me, um, everyone knows that the modern Brazier had not been patented until eighteen
1: ninety nine. Ugh, this movie, history, gosh. Yeah, that one's hard to justify. I'll I'll give you that. <laughs> That's a real ding to the credibility. Come on, guys. Every movie's a miracle, Ricky. I don't know why you're poking holes in this.
0: You're right. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll cover it up with this. The original
1: website is still up. Oh, we got a space jam. Code space jam. What is it? Wild you, Wild West. I am assuming you just abbreviate that www.www.geocities.com. Yes. What does that give me? Time Warner Spectrum Internet. All right. <laughs> no, it's uh, Wild Wild West. Warner Bros. com. This is amazing. Welcome to the Wild Wild West website, a solid construction powered by the latest in Steam technology. And you know what? I believe them. <laughs> oh, I love this. Right? For every movie we do, Ricky, do you just look up the original website? No, this
0: happened by complete accident because I was looking for a synopsis, and I said, "Oh, I wonder what this is," and it ended up being the original website. Warner Bros., you know what you're doing.
1: I love it because it's like the opposite of the movie. The movie had technology that far advanced the time and place it took. Uh, it took the events took place. I didn't want to say take place twice. It sounds just so stupid. Uh, <laughs> Technology, You know what I'm trying to say. And now <laughs> we're in the, the, uh, the reverse of it. Wild Wild West. <laughs> so that
0: is some history and some fun facts. Now let's go ahead and hop into our reactions. So, uh, like we said before, this was our first time watching Wild Wild West. I remember when the movie first came out because Will Smith's music video was everywhere and I was a big fan. So, I knew it existed. I just i am pretty sure i wasn't allowed to watch it and now i know why (laughs) um it's not a family film i mean maybe some families it wasn't (laughs) my family uh but yeah like i was watching with with my wife and um and she said oh so the first time we see will smith is when he is naked with another woman contaminating the water supply
1: You know, I didn't even think of that. I didn't think of it from a hygiene perspective. (laughs) That's my first thought. I said, um, now that I'm an adult and I
0: understand that water towers contain water for the entire town,
1: um, I'm not okay with this. I guess back then, that was the least of your worries. There's so many (laughs) other things in the truly wild, wild west that would kill you other than, you know, drinking bath water. Yeah, um, so yeah, my reaction was like, oh,
0: this movie is way different than what I thought it was. Because the way that they were marketing it, it was like, before the FBI, before the CIA, there was Jim West. And it made it seem like he was like going to be, basically, you know what I thought this movie was going to be? I thought it was going to be The Kingsman, but set in the West. Oh, you know what?
1: Yeah. So, oh, that's right. By the way, that's why we picked this movie for this week. I don't think we said that. <laughs> kingsman: Golden Circle. Check it out. First one's great. Uh,
0: yeah, in theaters. Get your tickets. Uh, right now through our uh, link. Uh, it's uh, wildwildwest dot dot
1: com. Also some retroactive uh, marketing. I recently saw Ingrid Goes West, which I also enjoyed with Aubrey Plaza. So, do do that too. Yeah.
0: And, um, I didn't intend for this to tie in. Actually, I'm going to own it. So, total intentional tie-in. Um, one of my favorite cartoons growing up was Fievel Goes West. Uh... The sequel to a movie I never saw, um and I I was expecting it to be also something like that. Like I just assumed like Wild Wild West was just probably Five Will Goes West, just with Will
1: Smith. You're describing Shark Tale, <laughs> an American Shark Tale. Yeah, uh-huh, American Shark Tale. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just surprised that I I went this long without seen this movie yeah i'm shocked because you're like the biggest will smith fan i know that means a lot grace and i really i remember getting that. in your car and hearing the theme of wild wild west and being like well certainly he would not have the soundtrack on cd if he hadn't seen the movie i stand corrected
0: well, well i didn't have the soundtrack that was a track that was featured on his Willennium Oh, um album The Track. A very young Jaden Smith is makes a feature. It opens up with like, Alright, Jaden, uh I got another track. Uh what well, you wanna hear? Wow wow What Wow wow, what? Come on, man. I already did that,
1: man. I got uh, I got the rain. What's the only one here. Wow wow. And fun fact. Uh, Jaden Smith's his um, his like way of speaking there was used as the futuristic dialogue uh, in dialect for After Earth. Just sound like a bunch of four year olds tying it in.
0: Uh, but yeah, my first reaction to this movie, guys. Here's the thing: we say we're going to be positive, but we also want to be honest. The movie's not great. I, I have to say that. Um and and I I did a lot of research and I realized why. Um, we'll get into it later, but like that was my honest first reaction. I was just like, "Oh, this movie isn't great." Like, they're missing a lot of. I feel like the movie just missed a lot of opportunities to do a lot of really great things. Huh. Um, and I think I finally pinpointed it in my brain. Um, but I just wanted to share that with you first and. I'll let Grayson share his reactions as well.
1: Yeah, I had low expectations because I had heard the the John Peter's spider story before. So I knew like, hey, buckle up. This is going to get weird. Um, I knew kind of the premise of the TV show as well, which isn't super helpful other than knowing that it's a Western. Um, but I didn't expect a ton from it and so when i watched it i just attributed anything that sound that felt like not great to maybe being dated or something like that i was expecting a mix of shanghai noon with men in black uh and that i feel like that's what i got and so i was like oh okay i saw it now check um i I also got the feeling that I am not watching nearly enough Kevin Kline movies. Uh, right? Because he's awesome. He's great. That's the thing about this movie. They have great performers that are not given the opportunities to really uh, be at their best um, and to ebb and flow because all of them have a ton of range. And I'm including, like, the main four in that where, where it, it's um, – Will Smith, Kevin Klein, Salma Hayek, and Kenneth Branagh. Certainly Kenneth Branagh. So it's this mix of really awesome talent. And I think what makes the movie so frustrating in a lot of ways is they don't have room to play. um, Because it is such a kind of crazy story that they've been strapped to. It's not that the movie was garbage. It's just I think that they
0: focused on the wrong things in different places. Like the scenes where the the scenes where it's just like, Alright, now touch my breasts. Now I'll now I'll touch your breasts. And like that whole scene went on for too long. Like I get a joke. Like I get I get a joke. But it just went on for
1: too long. Do you though do you think you <laughs> When you really ask yourself, do 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 anybody does anybody really get jokes?
0: Does anyone really get jokes? Is this
1: a joke? I don't know. I don't uh, get it. If if it is, (laughs) I thought it was just a conversation.
0: Or even when they were like magnetized or stuck towards each other, like magnetizing to each other with the, Mm -hmm. like that whole scene. I just think those moments went on too long and didn't allow for us to get like into the relationship of the, of the two. I think the biggest thing that was missing was a story arc for both of the characters. And here's the thing that I noticed like right before um, we hopped on the podcast. A thing that they could have done so well is show how Will Smith is very very brash and very old school. He's like an old school cowboy kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And um, Kevin Kline is more intellectual um, and more uh, futuristic, right? Yeah. The tension that was happening between them was... What what I wanted more so was, like, their ideologies were different, like, how they were to go about things, which I think they touched on a little bit, but And that's the strength of Shanghai Noon. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so what I wanted them to do was I wanted their conflicts with each other for their ideology and the things that they were fighting for to be stronger so that they could ultimately come together and find a solution by bringing uh together both of their strengths because i don't think they ever did that at once they always like went in one direction either way which is i'm now as i'm saying it i'm realizing is exactly what happened with toy story <laughs> um you have a cowboy and a spaceman i want a toy story basically um not you only that
1: you are a scientist but...
0: But I also think that that could have been reflective better because they were talking about, like, a post-Civil War era, which also could have been a signifying sense of the North and South coming together to, like, blend their... That would
1: have been really interesting. And I know it's hard to be, like, sympathetic towards the South character, but that can be fixed with one line of saying, like, listen, it was my home. I don't agree with the politics of it, but I have family there and, like... I disown and distance myself from all of the, the terror that happened in the South. But it could have been a great uh, metaphor, you're right, of, like, a healing nation moving past. Um, that would have been really interesting. I like that angle.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing I wanted because um, one of the other things is that, like, the characters kind of just stay the same throughout the movie. Uh, they They don't really change. They, like... Will Smith, like, they they will do, they will actionably do different things. Like, Will Smith dressed up in drag um, because he he went undercover, just like uh, Kevin Kline's character. And Kevin Kline pointed a gun to a person, and they never really acknowledged this. Like, hey, I guess there really is more than one way to Wild Wild West. Like, they, they, that didn't. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the day. (laughs) Because uh, like at the very end, was he said like, "Hey, uh, Jim, can I ask you a question? Would you mind if I ask you a question?" He said, "Yes, I would. Yes, I would." Like they weren't like friends at the end; they were still kind of bickering people who like didn't really get along. And that was the thing that I would have liked to see is that like once they actually saw the benefits or the other sides of people, that they actually did get along. Um, very similar to like Rush Hour. Like yeah. In Rush Hour, you have two people who are very st- strong at what they do but they are both outcasts in their field mm-hmm. and where they really work well together is with each other and that's what I really wanted to happen more and more so that I think that I think that's the only thing that was really missing from this movie because like if they would have spent less time on I think the gags uh, they could have really focused on um the characters and ha- had more fun with the characters exploring each other's um ideology and like trying to do things like trying to see kevin klein get into a fight with someone (laughs) like that could have been a really entertaining scene um or even trying to see will smith uh trying to be like more calculated or even trying more gadgets or whatnot like i think that that would have been more interesting to see because the heart behind it would have been um impactful yeah for sure and, and last thing, Selma Hayek is just criminally underused. Just mm. She is unfortunately, a uh, term coined by Lindsay Ellis, a Lilith, which is love interest is unessential to the story. If you take her out of the story,
1: the plot is only affected once. And that's it. Yeah, she's like Indiana Jones in Indiana Jones. Unfortunately, I mean... Nazi is still going to open that thing, right, and get all melted? He just delayed the inevitable. If <laughs> anything, he saved Nazi lives, which that... Don't even get me started there. I mean, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> even Indiana Jones out Indiana Jones's Indiana Jones, which in this case is Selma Hayek. We sure are... Th- Anyway, uh, those were my reactions. Um, no, as as we... I feel like you're starting to get to the cadence where we move into headcanon. So before we do, I have a preamble to headcanon where I just want to say, I tried real hard to make this fit into the Back to the Future universe. All right, Ricky, oh. take <laughs> it away. Spoiler alert, oh. I didn't make it work. <laughs> Uh, well, let's go ahead
0: and dive into the wild, wild west of head cannon.
1: Wow, <laughs> wow, <laughs> uh,
0: Head cannon. That was great. <laughs> head cannon is the part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Uh, Ricky, so- let
1: me say before you get going on this, though, that really this headcanon is the only thing I tangibly have to contribute to the podcast. And I'm going to let you go first uh, out of just being a good friend. But if you take my headcanon, I might legitimately cry. So go ahead. <laughs> <sighs> okay. My only my only headcanon
0: um, is that this movie uh, takes place in an alternate timeline. Okay. Okay. I mean that's it because I mean you oh, look like at to U.S. The, history in alternate times. Yeah, to so U.S. Oh. history. So, um, like we I mentioned before, the dome of the Capitol building was completed in 1866, uh, but the yeah. movie takes place in 1869, and they also mentioned um, in the movie he's just like. Well, you might have gotten your 40 acres in the mule, but that doesn't mean this, that, the other. Well, 40 acres in the mule is a promise made in the United States uh, for former enslaved uh, black farmers by Union General William Sherman uh, on January. Really? That
1: was like a that was a thing in U.S. history.
0: No, that was a that was a thing. And the whole premise was many freedmen believed and were told by various political figures that they had the right to own the land that they had. Uh, long worked as slaves and were eager to control their own property freed people were widely expected to legally claim 40 acres of land and a mule after the end of the war um to tend to that land um and president lincoln like fought to like have that be a thing but it was never widely distributed that's why um a lot of people talk about reparations because, like, when slaves were freed, um, a lot of slave owners were paid back for their lost wages, but slaves on, like, the mass scale wasn't really given anything. Not 40 acres and a mule, not even, like, hey, here's some money. Like, it's just, like, they weren't really given a lot. So, the idea that, like, this might have been, like, a widely spread thing makes me to believe that this is, like, an alternate timeline where... Um, Society as a whole just like actually does advance a lot quicker because Will Smith um, is like the top marshal, right? Like, isn't that his uh, position? It's like a captain or. Yeah, and this is four years after the Civil War. 1969, the Civil War, uh, was in 1965. 1969, in four years, he has done enough to, like, get to the ranks to work with the president in a very still-segregated, like, United States. Mm -hmm. And so, my main thing is that this takes place in a different timeline. The reason why, um, everything, like, these small details are so different is because it is an alternate timeline, which also plays into one of my, uh... Recast remake topics.
1: Huh. I like that. And, and we're safe. We don't have any overlap. Oh, good. Oh, uh,
0: also your thing.
1: Oh, no! <laughs> My headcanon was sparked by the idea that uh, I, again, I knew the story of how this was tied to Superman and Richard Donner and and, and all of that. So I was like, interesting. What if this takes place in the DC universe? Uh, It's WB owned. And then I realized, oh, so we have two of the best lawmen teaming up together. One with the last name Gordon, the other with the last name West. So my headcanon is that these are the ancestors of Jim Gordon and Joe West uh, from The Flash. And this is the basically DC Western uh, that sets up America for the conditions where the DC we know and love take place. So that would also make sense why there's the presence of what seem to be metahumans in this world, like with the guy with the knife hands and um, all of the different weird technologies going on. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's the heart of it, is that this is a DC um, like prequel to all of that. You can take it one step further and say it's a Marvel crossover and that Loveless is the ancestor of Dr. Octopus, um, but that's only for bonus points. Nice.
0: That's really good. In fact, there is an episode of uh, Batman the Animated Series where um, Ra's al Ghul kidnaps this guy and tells Batman this story as to why he kidnapped him, and it takes place in the West— Kid you not, Grayson, it's Wild Wild West. Ah. Like, before, like, years before Wild Wild West came out, it's about how Raza is building a giant contraption to destroy the railroads so that they will surrender um, the government to him so that he can reshape the United States as he sees fit.
1: Oh. And then he teaches Arliss Loveless how to shave. Very (laughs) similar. Very similar. But yeah, when I heard Artemis Gordon and Jim West, I was like, Gordon and West are like the best detectives in the DC universe. Or at least they're lawmen at the very least. So that's a tradition that is passed down. That's amazing. I love
0: that so much. All right, so let's hop into the next segment of our show, which is Recast Remake. Or recut. Oh. Uh, if this movie were to be remade today, uh who would you cast and what would the subject matter be? And before we get into it, Grayson, uh, we have some fan casts from our oh, last episode. Sweet. Yeah. So, um, fan cast is a part of the show where we share with you your casts. Uh, For the movies that we review, uh, last week we reviewed It Takes Two and we got some really great fan cast suggestions. VGC Kenny on Twitter said, having not seen It Takes Two, I think a good casting choice for Roger and Vincenzo would be Key and Peele.
1: Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Right? They're great Um, for anything. Just apply (laughs) Key and Peele and you have elevated the movie. Absolutely. And
0: Michelle from uh, the podcast Naked with Clothes On uh, talked about how uh, Chris O'Dowell and Anna Camp was perfect pairing. Um, but she thought that it would be really weird to see Kristen Wiig in that sincere role. and But instead, she would want
1: Anne Hathaway or Alison Bree. Yeah, that's nice. I, I can uh, I can support the the Hathaway ticket, <laughs> the Hathaway breed ticket.
0: Yeah. Oh man, I think H- Anne Hathaway as soon as said that, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. That's awesome. Thank you guys for your fan casts. If you want your fan cast to be heard for this episode, keep listening to the cast that we end up talking about, and share yours on Twitter and or Instagram. In both places, we are at Flashback Flicks. So cast wise if it were to be made today i want no one other than donald glover it just i just oh, wanted to happen.
1: oh that's tough i didn't consider that i'm i may have to vote for yours <laughs> i i would want
0: donald glover and i just want a troy and abed re- reunion i want danny pootie in there as well but uh, like han so- solo
1: paintball war danny pootie <laughs>
0: Yes. So I would have, so Danny Pudi uh would play uh, uh Artemis Gordon and oh my gosh. I would have Gabriel Sidibe as uh some Hayek's character um and for um Loveless Brian Cranston. I can't think of
1: anyone. <laughs> Cranston has had quite a presence on the podcast. He really has.
0: So yeah, that's my cast. What's yours, Grayson?
1: So for Jim West, uh I had LaBorn Morris from New Girl. Oh, dang it. Okay. Um for Artemis Gordon, I had Victor Garber uh, from Alias. Oh, he's also yeah. in Legends of Tomorrow and episodes of The Flash, so I could reinforce or just crumble my headcanon either way. <laughs> um and then uh, like he's half of firestorm for Rita McGuffin uh as she married into or Rita Escobar, uh, Selma Hayek's character would be played by um, season one Sofia Vergara from Modern Family.
0: Excellent choice.
1: Uh, yep, uh, and then <laughs> Loveless, the guy who I originally thought it was till I looked at IMDb, Danny McBride. Oh. <laughs> thought it was Danny McBride no, Danny. with no costume makeup. <laughs>
0: Like, oh, that's just Danny he McBride. Be... He's just sitting down.
1: <laughs> that's perfect. I love it. And then for the knife guy that they fight in the giant spider, uh, Deadpool. But not Deadpool from Deadpool. Deadpool from uh, uh, X-Men, <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine. Wolverine. That kind of Deadpool. Dang, Grayson. You, you made it real difficult. <laughs> I had to bring my A game. Uh, so let
0: us know what your fan cast is. On Twitter and Instagram in both places we are at Flashback Flicks so let us know what you think I do want to go into like what the storyline would be because I've spent the most time I don't think I've spent this much time thinking about what the story could be uh first off let me tell you the biggest missed opportunity that I've been waiting to say this entire podcast the biggest missed opportunity that they did in Wild Wild West is not make Jim West Bass Reeves. Bass Reeves, ladies and gentlemen, buckle up, because you're about to get some knowledge, was a real American hero. Born in July 1838, he was the first black deputy U.S. Marshal west of the Mississippi River. Real life. He worked mostly in Arkansas and the Oklahoma Territory during his long career. He was credited with arresting more than three thousand felons he shot and killed 14 outlaws out in self-defense and he is the closest and it's quoted in his autobi- in his biography, not autobiography in his biography it is quoted that bass reeves is the closest real person to resemble the lone ranger so he's like a real wow. guy and i'm so surprised that they didn't actually go with him um because they, i feel like they just kind of threw away will smith's like backstory of just like yeah, I'm kind of, like, a good, like, sheriff in, in wherever town I am, I also have, like, family that I'm trying to avenge, and, like, but I'm also super sarcastic and kind of mean to everyone, I'm just like, no, like, make him just the best, like, and, like, they, like, why not base it off of him, so, like, if, uh, if there were to be a remake, it would focus on, on both of these characters, like, uh, strengths like you start with the movie with pre-war times and you see wes and gordon like where they are and you see who they are then cut to after the civil war and they become the people who we know them to be in this story and then they meet and it's basically a lot of the beats of R- rush hour um but in the west with gadgets and drag And I think that that would be um, a lot of fun because I think the thing that they also didn't allow us to do in the movie is to figure out the mystery of, like, what was happening. Because, like, right off the gate, they're just like, giant spider! It's like, what's he building? It's probably the giant spider that you guys have been showing us in all these trailers. So I think it would have been interesting to have, like, a different kind of... Mystery for them to solve, or a different outlaw that only the two of them could like. They like give the audience like a mystery to solve with these characters um, that can only be solved by the both of them working together.
1: Yeah, I think that'd be good, and I I understand the struggle of trying to do an adaptation from a property that's already been established. Like in the TV show, race is not the issue because um, yeah. they're like two white guys. But I think from a stronger story point, you're 100% right. Like, that's the place. That's the character. That's the struggle. And, like, let even if you let Gordon be a sidekick in that adventure, let him be like the, I guess, Tonto equivalent if if Bass is the actual Lone Ranger. Like, let that be what it is. It doesn't have to be Wild Wild West. Um, But, yeah, make that movie, Ricky. Go do it. What are we doing here? (laughs) i gotta go uh yeah because
0: like they as far as the series goes uh they didn't really follow the series like at all like it was just it was only an adaptation by name like the um the man from uncle like the man oh from i uncle. was gonna bring
1: that up yeah man from uncle is a great connection like i actually really enjoyed that movie but oh, no, i it. cut you off because of internet reasons so <laughs> go on No, I mean, go ahead and say what
0: you're going to say, because I loved Man From U.N.C.L.E., but if that wasn't based off of that series, and it was just a completely different movie, like, it felt like, because I didn't know anything about Man From U.N.C.L.E., I have zero nostalgic ties to the show I've never seen, but I see this movie, I'm like, this is amazing, I love this spy story, and this spy movie, it could have been its own thing.
1: Oh same no I, I've never seen the show man from Uncle but what you were talking about earlier about having like conflicting um, uh, goals but similar methodologies or like or even like differing methodologies that work towards a shared goal whenever you switch acts you need to invert those man from Uncle does that perfectly where you're like they have to work together but they also have ties to their home countries and they're both the best at what they do. Where you could have the same dynamic here with North and South working together, like let that be the metaphor that that was for the Cold War. Uh, so yeah, it, exactly right. For the for the recut remake kind of angle as well. I I know I say this a lot, but I actually think this would make a fantastic game. Um, being a big fan of Red Dead Redemption, uh, but to have the the two characters here to be able to trade off between maybe like a third person or first person Western shooter, but also like loot weapons crafting uh, type mechanic. I think that'd be a really satisfying uh, like play loop that you could dig into and hit key points in American history that um, feel like that alternate time, like that steampunk Civil War type feel. Uh, Because there's a ton you could do with vehicles, with like enemies that you encounter, landscapes. Like There's a ton of possibilities. Um, But I think it sets itself up really well for a pretty compelling game. Uh, To add another re to this segment of recast, remake, uh, what what else do we have? Recut. Recut and Ah. rewrite. I would have loved to just write one. Uh, preview scene instead of having the guy running and getting his head cut off uh, which I know paid off later whenever they're like looking through his eyes and Will Smith says that's a man's head over and over again Um, when you open up like let us see them during the war let us see them as like younger versions dealing with this because it's not till like a half hour 45 minutes in really that we get Will Smith's backstory and it's meant to be some kind of reveal like don't don't do the reveal. Like let us feel his pain and how he got to this point. Let us see why Gordon approaches crime the way he does, rather than being a standard lawman. So that and then we're just on board. That doesn't need to be a secret that you hold. Um, right. It's kind of like the Breaking Bad effect of like let me just know exactly why he's doing these things, and I will go with you on that journey. He's doing it for his family. Okay. I want to see how he goes about managing this conflict and pursuing this intent despite all obstacles.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. No, like have, it's like having finding, it's like revealing and finding Nemo, like three fourths into the movie, like the opening scene and finding Nemo. Mm. It's just like, I mean, sure. But like, why did you wait to tell us that? Like, because what I, if they I, just
1: started? Find, sorry. <laughs> what if they just started finding Nemo with Marlin? And be like Nemo, Nemo. it was like forty-eight hours earlier. Oh, that would be a different movie.
0: <laughs> but yeah, as soon as they said that, I'm like, oh, is this your save the cat moment? Forty-five minutes into the movie. Good night. Cat's uh, dead,
1: man. That cat died.
0: <laughs> well, like, I thought that was such an interesting story. He said, yeah, it was a free slave town that was used for target practice. I'm like, well, don't show, don't tell. We want to see. Like, that would have been like the perfect opening. It's just like he like, Jim West is like a sheriff in this like free slave town. His parents are really proud of him. This attack happens. And then he just like sees a spider. and He's just like loveless or something like that and then he, that then at least we like know like what his motivation is like throughout the movie um yeah. cuz i just think that, that i think that's such a stronger motivation than just like i don't like working with this guy because he's not me wow wow west a more positive spin on that would be no i i totally agree i think that that would have been really interesting to see up front
1: Uh, Ricky, I'm about to send you a picture in the chat here um, that we can link below. Uh, I was looking up action figures for Wild Wild West, and I came across this. uh, I thought you might uh, enjoy it. This is the cast of Wild Wild West. You did it. Link in the description.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well... think it's time to hit the old dusty trail grayson
1: oh this it's somebody needs to clean up that trail it, <laughs> it hasn't been dusted for, for for weeks i think
0: it's time to mosey on down to the final segment of the show where we give you our reasons to recommend so grayson why would you recommend wild wild west
1: I would recommend Wild Wild West uh, oh, excuse me <clears throat> I would recommend Wild Wild West if you really enjoy buddy comedies. Because it is a good example of a buddy comedy. Um, especially during this time not I'm not talking about like old western times. I'm talking about like 1999. Um, there's a very specific type of buddy comedy in 1999, uh, really in the 90s and early 2000s like uh, we mentioned them: Rush Hour, uh, Shanghai Noon, uh, and subsequent nights. Like the, even going as far back as like Tommy Boy, I'd say Wayne's World falls in there. Buddy comedies, like it's the dynamic of two people who uh, don't necessarily want to work together a lot of the times, or are vastly different in personality, but have a shared goal. Um, this is just another good example of it. And they do take very specific choices in Wild Wild West that you have to, excuse me, in Wild Wild West, that you have to admire uh, their conviction to it. Like, hey, we're going to go all in on this giant spider idea, okay? We're not going to shy away from the giant spider. And they do. And you have to admire that for better or worse. If you want to see four really great actors just in a movie together... Uh, that that's this. So (laughs) Will Smith, Kevin Klein, Selma Hayek, Kenneth Branagh. Like if you're fans of theirs, this is a movie they did. (laughs) And I don't even say that to be like sarcastic or snarky or anything like that. It's just, it's part of, it's part of their, their filmography and you have to appreciate it for better or worse.
0: The reason why I recommend this movie is because I think, especially with, like, these big movie stars and actors that we see, I think we just assume that, like, they can do no wrong. Like, especially me as a kid who loves Will Smith. I'm just like, everything he does is just perfect. I own all of his CDs. And you might be thinking, oh, Ricky used to own all his CDs. No. That's present tense. I own all of Will Smith's CDs. I loved him um and i love all the things that he does and seeing wild wild west i'm like oh well you know i guess the they don't always get it right and that's fine i think that this movie took a lot of risks and it's one of those things where you see how that doesn't always pay off in the best way per se um as far as like the movie itself um but it's the movie that they wanted to make and how they made it um, and it also I think it has a lot of bones for like a really great reboot or remake because yeah. I I never would have thought of um, the half of the stories that I um, have imagined just from watching this movie, because it re- I think it really does inspire a lot. Um, and the, the music video. And the song and the music video and song tie in alone. Like, that's not something that you see a ton of, like, to this degree. Like, you, you'll see, like, oh, well, Taylor Swift did a song for Fifty Shades of Grey or whatever. And it's a song that's, like, outside the context of Fifty Shades of Grey, you're like, okay, well, this is a song. But, like, Wild Wild West as a song and a narrative that tells you the entire plot of the movie to any outlaw trying to draw, thinking you're bad, and you're drawing on West Best with a pen and a pad. But even think about it, six guns weighing in a ton, ten paces a turn, just for fun, son. Like who? Like Will Smith wrote
1: those lyrics. Did you read that? You didn't read that, did you? No, that was from my brain. That came from your brain. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like those and lyrics. yet we can't get head cannon on the first try <laughs> every single week.
0: But like like that, it's a great slice of history, like to be short. To be short, it's a great slice of history, um, and it's and it's definitely fun. Like I was laughing a lot through this movie, whether it was intentionally or not. Um, I was laughing a lot, and it was a lot of fun to like look into and see the history that goes into making this movie because it's great in its own way, and I'm I'm glad it exists.
1: I do um, think the footnote on all of this though is rarely do we watch movies that neither of us have seen. And we don't have the benefit of nostalgia other than you with the song. So if you did see this when it first came out and have memories of it, you may be like, those guys are crazy. Wild Wild West is the best movie ever. Like, and that's fine. That's totally fine. It's just watching it in 2017, knowing what we know now, knowing that Will Smith is capable of pursuit of happiness and Kevin Klein is Capable of anything else, and knowing that Kenneth Branagh is going to be standing on the dock in Dunkirk, like that kind of like we have much different context for what this movie is. Um, We we totally recognize that this is not uh, seen through the view of someone that has that nostalgia, the benefit of nostalgia. So that is our review
0: of the 1999 wiki wiki wow, wiki wow, wiki wow, wow West Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider. <laughs> no, you don't want nada. None of this sex of this brother of this buffalo soldier. Look, it's like I told ya. you. Any damsel that's in distress be out of that dress when she meets Jim West. Uh, so um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. Let us know what you remember about Wild Wild West uh on Twitter or Instagram. In both places, we are at Flashbackflicks. And please, it would help us so much if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh I've been saying iTunes for a long time. It's Apple Podcasts now. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the podcast out, and we've already received so many amazing reviews. Like this review uh, by Pete mann 1992 who says, This podcast is comedy gold. This podcast is so good, makes you feel like you're watching a movie with your closest friends. The only flaw is the sound level quality, but totally worth it. (laughs)
1: That's so true. We are not (laughs) great
0: at that. You gotta get better at this part of the job. Um, but thank you, Pete Man, and please leave us a review on a scale of one to five uh, wiki wiki wiles, uh, Or wiki on wiki a scale
1: w- to one to eight spider legs. Because <laughs> you can't have any more. Just
0: eight. Yeah. If they only allow you to make a five-star review, either leave two four-star reviews um,
1: mm. or one five and one three-star review if you, you do want to give us eight stars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just, you you remember how to do that. You do like the four over the five equals X over the 10. You multiply across and then you divide by the denominator. That equals X. Wiki wow, wow. wiki wiki wow.
0: <laughs> but whatever you do, don't leave us four two-star reviews. Not what we're looking for. Not what we're
1: looking for. It's too many two-stars. <laughs> Actually, it does the opposite of what you're trying to do.
0: And be sure to tune in next time, right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Wow, wow, Wes.